Here's a message from Ken Lavica. It's glory in Montreal. The Canadiens are headed to the Stanley Cup final. All of Canada is rejoicing. Or are they? How does that work? Do you root for your country? Do you root for the city's other team? Do you root for your conference? What is the proper protocol as a sports fan? It's Friday. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. What is the proper protocol of a sports fan? Are you one of those that just roots for your team? Or do you get behind your conference? Do you get behind your city? Do you get behind your country? Because we're in a rare instance where Canada is playing for a championship. Does that mean all of Canada gets involved? Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel here on a Friday on ESPN 106.3. Kiddos. We made it to weeks, and we're in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the cloudy and sort of dreary Intracoastal. Coquel is here. I am here. We have you until 1 o'clock. And last night in Montreal, the impossible happened. The Canadiens, who are uh, actually the last team from Canada to win a championship in their sport of hockey, well, this happened in their Game 6 matchup uh, against Las Vegas. And this is a series that has been wrought with controversy. Uh, This has been a series that obviously a lot's on the line because Montreal is involved. And this is how things wrapped up last night. And Martinez drills it. Price fought it off and caught him way up high to the bounce all the way to Gallagher. That was a good shot. Really was. Dan O cutting to the net. Here's a chance. Look at it. Shoots and scores! Oh, Canada, and that on Montreal 690, that the call of the Canadians going to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so you may be asking yourself, why in God's name is Ken opening this show talking about hockey and talking about Montreal Canadiens <laughs> hockey? Well, here's the uh, Coquel. Coquel, you can guess. No, I'm asking that. Oh, still, oh, okay. As we're doing this after the show, we're still trying to figure it out. Well, let me give you the answer to oh. that. Because... Every time that a Canadian team goes to the Stanley Cup final, and this is Canada's sport, you hear the common refrain, this is big for all of Canada. And then when a Canadian team, not just the Canadians, but a Canadian team, whether it be Vancouver or whether it be uh, Calgary, uh, whether it be Edmonton, they fall short. And Canada, as a collective, is disappointed. And things are written in Canadian newspapers and said amongst Canadian media. Another failure for Canada. But that also suggests that all of Canada does get behind the one Canadian team that goes to the Stanley Cup final. It has been not since 1993 
a team from Canada winning the Stanley Cup final. That was when the Canadians beat Wayne Gretzky and the LA Kings. So you've had Parliament in Canada. By the way, what's the capital of Canada, Coquel? Vancouver. No, that would be Toronto. Nope. Keep going. Uh, Ontario. No, not even. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were saying something. No, Ontario. No, no, that's a province. Vegas. <laughs> Ottawa is no. the capital of Canada. So Ottawa's Parliament Building has put the individual team flags when uh, Canadian teams have made long playoff runs or gotten to the Stanley Cup final on the Parliament Building as part of a "We Are Canada, We Are One" type of statement. And I believe that's probably going to happen here again with the Canadians. What about the Senators? I know. That's rough. I know. So that brings me to this, because it's not just hockey and not just Canada where we hear this common refrain, oh, this is big, this is important for all of Canada, but then you also, during college football season, hear this nonsense an awful lot. That's right. So the SEC is very pro itself. But then when we get to college football playoff time, it's go ACC or go Big Ten or go SEC. And I hate that. I hate that. Conference USA. Conference USA. Let me give you a little insight into my sports psyche. It's my teams or nothing, okay? As the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic football and basketball, I'm not rooting for... North Texas, who went to the NCAA tournament this past year. If it's not FAU, I don't care. Let's go, Marshall. Nope. I have absolutely no affinity for Marshall. They won a national championship in soccer, and my timeline was filled with FAU people. Great job, Marshall. Uh Uh-uh. I want no part of that. I was upset that Marshall won the national championship because it wasn't FAU winning a national championship. I am a White Sox fan. I be I, I I will be damned if I ever root for anything positive happening to the Cubs. 2016, when they won the World Series, that was the single worst moment of my sports life and a top five worst moment of my life. I don't know if that makes me petty. But that's the type of sports fan I am. The White Sox won the World Series in 2005. And for many, many years, right behind it is the second best moment of my sports life was the Bartman situation. (laughs) Like That's just how I work. That poor guy. So I don't support Chicago's other team. I don't support any other Conference USA team. I have an affinity for the Canes because my wife is a season ticket holder. I don't root for Clemson when it comes to college football playoff time. Western Kentucky? No! But they got that mascot. None. Nothing. The mascot's great. The team, I couldn't care less about them. Okay? That brings me to this. What is the sports fan rule here? Am I in the minority or am I in the the majority on this? Even if they're not your team, should you support the other team in your city in a conference, or in your country, in the case of hockey, in your state as well. Even if they're not your team, should you support the other team in your city, state, your conference, or your country? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or you can tweet at us, at ESPN West Palm. Because I'm trying to figure out if I'm unique, or I'm just petty, 
or if I'm in the majority. I, again, it makes me, it makes me physically ill to think about getting behind the Cubs in a deep playoff run. I am anxiety wrought. I am nervous. I am miserable anytime the Cubs are in the postseason because there's the chance they could make a run. So if they go to the World Series like they did in 2016, you know who I was rooting for very, very, very hard? The Cleveland Indians. Because I did not want to see that happen. It's like me as a Dolphins guy, the Super Bowl, I'd say, you know what? I want the Bucs to win because... I support the state of Florida. How silly does that sound? Go Jaguars. Like, I mean, that's absolute nonsense. Uh, and But you hear it a lot in college sports. A lot. And I think that's actually the apex of it. And I have met a lot of fans down here who are Gator fans. Who, if Alabama is in the national championship game, they'll say, yep, well, SEC, right? No, not right. No. How could you, as a Gators fan, after all of the beatings you've taken from Alabama and Nick Saban just suddenly turn course because you have this loyalty to the SEC? That doesn't make any sense. But I hear it a ton. I've got friends from up in Chicago that I grew up with that when the White Sox are in the playoffs, they're like, oh, I'm just, I'm in it for the city of Chicago. No! It doesn't work like that. I hate that. One of the saddest days of my sports childhood, and really my childhood in general, which maybe I've had a pretty good life. This is one of the saddest days, but like it scarred me was the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup. As a diehard, as the station, the state of Florida's diehard Islander fan, I was heartbroken, heartbroken when I no longer could chant 1940 at Rangers fans because that was the chant we used to fill up the barn with. End of an era. True end of an era. I, I wasn't rooting for Messier. Like, get out of here. I wanted Messier's bald head to get slammed into the glass. Like, I didn't want him to win a cup. But I am am I in the wrong here? Like, there's going to be the sentiment that all of Canada is behind Montreal when they take on either the Islanders or Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, there is constant choruses of pro-conference backing when it comes to college football in particular, especially in the SEC, where SEC chants run rampant constantly. Like, am I in the wrong or am I in the majority where uh, I, unless it's my team, I am not giving anyone else, even if it is the other team in my city, in my state, or in my conference, my fanhood temporarily, even if they're not they're not your team, should you support the teams, the other team in your city, your conference, or your state? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Who are you rooting for tonight? Islanders, Lightning. I don't care. But I, I'm not rooting for the Lightning because I live in Florida. I wanted the Panthers to beat the hell out of the Lightning because I thought it would be great for South Florida. And just because Tampa Bay is in Florida, I'm not going to back them tonight in a Game 7 against the Islanders. But I do believe that there may be hockey fans in the state of Florida because it's within the Sunshine State, and Game Seven's going to happen in Tampa, uh, that believe that they've got to pull for the Lightning because it's some sort of regional... Uh, do it for us, uh, some sort of personality, some sort of we belong to type of chip on shoulder thing. 
But I don't care. I don't want the Lightning to win. In fact, I think it would be kind of cool as a very, very much a hockey outsider to see the Islanders, who are closing down their legendary dilapidated arena, take it on the standard in hockey, or at least arguably the most storied franchise in the Montreal Canadiens. I have no state loyalty. I didn't root for the Bucks in the Super Bowl. I don't do that. I can't stand the Cubs. I'm a Chicagoan. I don't want good things to happen to them, even if it's good for Chicago. So where do we stand on this, sports fans? Even if they're not your team, should you support the other team in your city, state, or your conference? And SEC, folks, I need to hear from you because you are you are the ones who foist this upon us more than anybody with that SEC chant every single year. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can hit us up on social media on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Let's start our Friday in Palm Beach Gardens with Joel. Joel, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Joel? Hey, Ken. I agree with you 100%. There's no loyalty when it comes to rivalry. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I, I lived in the New York area for a while. I'm originally a D.C. guy. Uh, I despise the Yankees. Um, if I lived there and I was a Mets fan, I, I know a, a lot of Mets fans hate the Yankees. Um, when it comes to conference, I, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Redskins fan. Mm-hmm. I would never root for the Eagles, Giants, <laughs> or Cowboys. Yeah, that, that's it. Right. Right, and I know that I sort of come off as a bit hypocritical there because I said that with uh, when the Cubs were in the World Series, I was rooting hard for the Indians w- within the AL Central with the White Sox, but that had nothing to do with an AL Central well, love. It, it had everything to do with denying the Cubs. The hate was more. The hate yeah. was stronger you, I, than the love. I, yeah, I, I, that just tells you about me, Joel. I had to priorita- prioritize my hate in that situation, my sports hate. Um, but yeah, and, and you don't fully appreciate it, I don't think, and you being a D.C. guy, Joel, you didn't fully appreciate it though until you were in New York and you see there's only a couple of cities with two teams in a particular sport and I can't stand when fans of one team say oh well I'm for the city I am not into that in any way shape or form yeah 100% talking about picking your hate was when the Patriots played the Eagles and I hated the (laughs) Patriots just because how much they won but I hated the Eagles more, and I was pulling for, for yep. the uh, yep. Yeah, exactly. And it, sometimes you just need to own up to the fact that's the type of person you are. Joel, appreciate the call. I grew up in a city like you with, with two teams, but I don't have the hatred for the Mets as a Yankee fan at all. Like yeah. I don't have that hatred. How is that possible? Because they were never good. You just knew they were going to be the lovable losers. You let the fans get all excited, and the pitcher would blow out his arm. Like It was just a routine. Generation K. Pulsifer and all those guys. Every year, like the Grob's arm is going to fall off mid inning. I'm not worried about it. That's what happens to the Mets. Okay, but you are old enough. Like, let's see. So you they were won 86. I was young, and I my mom was single and sending me my cousins every weekend so she can go do her thing. <laughs> and they were all <laughs> Mets fans, thing. so like I kind of was into that Mets team just because I was. Seven. You were young and impressionable. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but after but the I, fact, but you, but but does that mean if the Mets? made it back to the World Series like they did in 2015 that you would you would say, ah, oh, yeah, I'll give this a go for New York. I didn't care. I was happy for the Mets fans because they, uh, they just get beat up on so badly. I can't. No, I want nothing but bad for Cubs and, fans. And I'm sorry. I just told you the Rangers fans. Like, I don't know how Rangers fans are rooting for the Islanders right now. I don't get that. I still, to this day, and I don't watch a ton of hockey anymore, I hate the Rangers. I hate the Garden when it's the Rangers. It's weird. It flips it over to the Knicks. I love the place. 
I hate everything about their jerseys. I hate everything about the organization. I hate their fans. My stepdad, I don't like him anymore. Rangers. Even if they're not your team as a fan, should you support the other team in your city or your state or your conference? Uh, Who do we have up next here, Cocal? We got Maxie Boy in Boynton. Max is in Boynton. Max, you're on ESPN 106.3. What's going on, Max? Hey, Ken. Look, I I agree with you 100%. I'm from L.A. originally, moved Mm -hmm. down here. I don't even support the same team in my building. I'm one of the rare uh, Clippers fans <laughs> yeah. you're going to find. I don't support the Lakers. That's a great so, way to put you know it. I, <laughs> I, I love I, I love the fact that when Clippers play, we cover up the L.A. Laker banners and hang the own things. That that level of petty, um, I, I, I like, I enjoy, and you know, I, I'm a diehard baseball fan. That's my main sport, and I support my Dodgers. And you know, the NL West right now is on fire. Mm-hmm. And if the Padres and the Giants somehow find a way to overtake us, which I don't think they will in the long run, then you know what? I'm uh, I'm going to be salty. I'm going to be salty as hell. So, Max, I want to ask you something real. Qu- I want to ask you something off yeah. of that real quick, just from a, a baseball standpoint, because we're about to get into the time of year we're on this show. Like we're going to be talking a, a you know here and there a decent amount of baseball when it comes to the NL West. Uh, Dodgers, Padres, right now that's a little hotter than Dodgers, Giants. Even though the Giants are playing great baseball, right? Like it just feels that way from the outside. Yeah, one hundred percent. To be honest, I think there's uh, the personalities. Are yeah. bigger on the Padres, yeah. um, the younger the younger guys. I mean, between Tatis and Machado, who we just booed out of our our city to go south. <laughs> it's just you know, uh, I, I think there's a lot more to that rivalry. And I mean, look look at the Giants. They they they're, they're playing great baseball, but they don't make a lot of noise. The Padres, everybody likes to hate on Tatis. I think he's great. Um, you know, I like him. I, I, I sound like a hypocrite saying this, but I almost like Tatis and his personality more than a guy on my own team and Trevor Bauer, who, you know, is just, yeah. I think he's talked. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and individually, like, I think it's fine to uh, to have an affinity for a player, even if they're not on your team. But as far as, I'm very tribalistic from that standpoint, and you, are, uh, you and I are on the same petty wavelength and appreciate the call. Like, when it comes to teams, and, and Coquel, I don't know if it's the same thing for you, and I think we've discussed it on the show before. My, my, <laughs> uh, my, my ill will towards teams not don't necessarily come from that team or that organization, but it largely is derived from the fan bases of said teams. That's why I've got a problem, and I pick fights with Philly. It's why I've got a problem uh, growing up around Cubs fans. It's why I uh, you know can't stand Patriots fans because I am a petty sports fan, and it largely stems from fan bases. But I'm also I'm I'm one of those pure tribalistic, my team is my team, I'm not huge into fantasy sports because of this because I don't want to be rooting against my teams, that's just how I was raised, and that's why I have the sports fan mindset that I do. I may or may not have broken up with someone because they were a Gators fan, and I couldn't stand the Gator fandom and the chant. Hated it. 
Really? Great, great, I, the, the, I mean, you've got it. You, the games would come on, and, and their friends, and the Gators. I just, I but, couldn't do it. No, I, I could not. There's got to be more to that. But there no. had to be something else lacking in that relationship for you to make that your breaking I, point. I could not stand it. it. And it was like overly with the keychain and the swinging with the Gators. Oh, and that the, is lame. I wish you were a Florida Gator. Yeah. Oh my God. Then I get here, and I was professionally married before I to you, my my first professional mm-hmm. partner. Was Joe Colella mm-hmm. who used to be here? Huge was Gators Gator. guy. And I was like, oh, this is around the same time. I was like, please make it stop. I hate Gators fans. I can't stand them. And it's part of that SEC smugness. Yeah. But the Gators fans, they take it to a whole nother level because they could be in like jeans and a t shirt, but in my head, they're in a polo and <laughs> khaki shorts with weird look pocket in a weird spot and their hair's off and their sunglasses are either on their head or clipped onto their collared shirt. Like, I hate Gators fans to see. I want nothing to do with them. I can't stand it. I hate them. I, I root against the Gators because of their fans. Because of that. Even if they're not your team, should you support the other team in your city or your state or your conference? Eight, we, eight, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Can we all see if there's a Timberwolves fan out there? Because we just got a Clippers call. Like, I didn't even know Clippers <laughs> fans existed. Well, we've got Pratik, our former teammate here at ESPN. And we sent them away because it was so weird. Max Max is the number is the second Clippers fan I've ever met in my life. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Uh, before we... Uh, we get ourselves into a break here. I want to read off a Twitter at ESPN West Palm. Paul Oren tweets, huge difference between uh, the two things, rooting for your team or rooting for the other city or state team. I'm going to cheer for and never against any team from Wisconsin. That said, I feel no connection to Iowa or Northwestern just because they're in the Big Ten. So for for Paul, like he is someone that's going to root for any Wisconsin team. And I spent a year up in Wisconsin. College basketball-wise, there is a big schism between Marquette? Wisconsin and Marquette. Yeah. So for him to say that, oh, I'm fine with the Badgers or Marquette, like I almost feel like that's sort of phony sports fandom. I don't like that. That's very unpure. It's hard to root against Steve Novak. He got fired. No, he was, but he was, wasn't he playing Marquette? Oh, I'm sorry. I was yeah. thinking of uh, Wojo who got fired. No, Mar- Steve Novak. Yeah, Steve Novak played for Marquette, Marquette. with Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Uh, and- Steve Novak was the man on that team. <laughs> Andrew Abramson, if it's not my team, I wrote for or against other teams depending on the current roster makeup. Some teams I can never root for, like anything, New York. So he's got a, like me, like I, I will yeah. never root for anything Philadelphia. He's he probably to- from Chicago or some other second-rate city. Well, he might be, considering he's a uh, a friend and a former Sun Sentinel writer, he's, uh, I believe, from uh, South Florida. I didn't hear the beginning of what you said. Oh, Andrew Abramson. Oh. Uh, Mike Conslayer. So, so what? The Sun Sentinel writers all came from Florida? Get out of here. <laughs> As a Gators fan, I'll never root for FSU or Miami. Additionally, I will not root for another SEC team unless they're playing Alabama, Georgia, or LSU. As an FAU grad, I'll always root for them, even though I don't follow them closely. There was no football when I went to Florida Atlantic. Well, there is now. We start at Florida. FAU starts at Florida in this 2020 season. I will season. be rooting for the Owls. As you should. For and you. because you... Now, is it going to be more of a petty root against Florida, or are you more rooting for FAU? I actually really like the FAU program. I know I try to tease you about it, but I'm a big fan of their football program, and Coach Taggart has been nothing but nice to me as well, so 
kind of all on board. Uh, by the way, that does remind me, we're working on having uh, Willie Taggart here on the show in the next couple of weeks. Uh, one, because it would be good to catch up with him. And two, I need him to remember that I exist so that uh, when football season starts, he's not surprised by my presence uh, once we get yeah, things you gotta, going. you got to start forging, yeah. that, reforging yeah. that friendship. Hey, Willie, remember me? We worked a lot last year, and then you haven't seen me in like five months. So I'd like to rekindle that relationship. But that program's so cool, and I'm not like just saying that. There's so many local kids that go there. There's been so many local kids through the pipeline that you yep. see. It's just fun. It's fun to watch. When we have the best football players in the world, eventually there's going to be a time with the top recruits. There's going to be one class that all goes to FAU and says, let's see what we can do. And it's going to change the landscape. We are going to have, and I don't know if, uh, if this is a good idea or not, but as we get into the Stanley Cup Finals, I think one of our Stormhouse Brewing uh, uh, giveaway uh, portions are going to be hockey-related. Like, I just want to see. I want to pick the brain and get a feel for the listeners to the show, the audience to this show. Is there hockey knowledge out there here in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast? Yeah, but everybody loves Kucherov and what he's been doing in this playoffs. I have no idea what you're talking about. That know, reminds me. I don't know if I said that Coquel right. is a total phony. What? And we're gonna, we are going to explain why when we come back. He is a total hockey phony. 888-760-3776. Even if they're not your team, should you support the other team in your city or your state or your conference, and in hockey's case, country. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Coquel is a huge phony, and we tell you why when we return. He is the phony. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like... Reply still coming into what we've opened the show with. This based off Montreal going to the Stanley Cup final. And I think that there is a perception that all of Canada is going to get behind Montreal to deliver the country its first Stanley Cup championship since they did it in 93. If it's not your team as a fan, should you still support the other team in your city or conference? I'm talking to you SEC fans. Or in your state. Because I do think there's probably some hockey fans that are saying down here, saying, ah, yeah, Tampa, state of Florida, go Sunshine State. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Texas Devil tweets in, hell no, it's all Longhorns or nothing. Well, and, and that, there's no... I've never heard of a true like Big Twelve like let's <laughs> let's go Big Twelve loyalty discussion, but in the state of Texas, I guess I mean that would be as wishy washy as it comes in that state. I feel like if Jimbo and Texas A and M are playing for a national championship, and uh, Texas fans are saying, "Ah, oh, this is good for the state," like that's almost treacherous. You can't get away with that, but there are some places where you can get away with it. And again, I have had friends of mine who I grew up with in Chicago in 2005 when the White Sox won the World Series. And I think it's more of a like a FOMO thing. Like, uh, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of, uh, uh, of how special this is. Where they say, oh, well, I was rooting for Chicago, and I'm glad this happened. So then they think they can partake in all the celebrations with it. Um, and say, no, I do it for this city. Uh-uh. Don't give me that crap. Because when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, I wanted no part of that. And I wanted bad things to happen to the Cubs and bad things to happen to that fan base. And seeing them swig champagne and party around the city of Chicago made me physically ill. That's not me. I'm petty. 
I like the party, though. Yeah. A younger me, I could see jumping on a bandwagon. I wouldn't have been able to jump on the Nets bandwagon as a Knicks fan. Remember Brooklyn? Everyone forgets that they're not far away from each other. So let me get this straight, though. The you you don't you're okay with the Mets, the Mets baseball, the Mets making a deep playoff run because oh they're so little brother compared to the Yankees. But you as a Knicks fan, I guess the Nets have had more success than the Knicks. And though. they were in but smelly I'm just talking jersey, about smelly jersey forever. Like who cares? It's such a weird dynamic in New York because the Knicks are so. Like top team, but they're so bad and so irrelevant. Yet the Nets have a track record of success, and they're just so eh. The only time now, and I know they went to the three straight finals, but none of those teams ever felt like, oh, that's that's a household powerhouse. It needed Kevin Durant, and it needed Kyrie Irving, and it needed James Harden to finally be like, ah, that's that's prime time basketball, right? And there. you still saw the Knicks were the bigger draw. Yeah, uh, Randall as their star. Like, listen to the three names you just said. Randall and a 57-year-old Derrick Rose. <laughs> like, it's it, the Nets, because they played forever. They were in the middle of nowhere in smelly Jersey. Yeah. Like, that's where they were. There was yeah. nothing around them. Uh, I do want to talk about your phony fandom, because we spent a couple of weeks here, and we really didn't get as much into it as I thought we were going to, but we were a, a Florida Panthers radio show. We were all in on the Panthers as they embarked on another failed playoff run and were eliminated by the Lightning. Uh, yes, if we could set the... Set, thank you. But we still haven't determined if that's a roar or a growl. Is that a roar or a growl? Do Panthers roar or growl? Like, we still haven't actually come up, come up with the full determination of that. But I digress. Uh, as soon as that that ended, though, like Coquel is like, oh, I'm going back to my Islanders fandom. And it just so happens that the Islanders are in a Game 7 tonight against Tampa Bay for the right to go to the Stanley Cup final. And uh, Okay, I did the research finally. I actually Research go, for what? If it's a roar or a growl. I never oh. actually looked before. Oh, okay. They do not roar. Oh, so it's they just are a growl. quiet creatures. They chirp, peep, whistle, purr, moan, scream, growl, or hiss. So no roars. No roar. Unlike the Panthers. Unlike the lions, tigers, leopards, and jaguars, according to the one website that I googled. Jaguars. Jaguars roar. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> How could you not know that, dummy? Um, but you being an Islanders fan. Oh yeah, Matt Martin and those boys. Okay. So, as I come in to the ESPN West Palm Studios today. Again, this is with a Game 7 looming oh, for the game. Islanders. Oh, Sports, 8 o'clock. Islanders and Lightning tonight from, uh, from Tampa. Coquel goes, yeah, I should watch Game 7, but the Hawks are just so fun to watch. What? So, Islanders fan Coquel, with his team on the precipice of going to the Stanley Cup Final, he's actually giving more credence to Trey Young, John Collins, and the Hawks than he is at Game 7 with the Islanders. What does he do later? I peep him on his laptop (laughs) reading a game preview and then struggling to pronounce the names of the Islanders players. You are such a phony fan. You are such an opportunistic, phony fan, Coquel. I mean, come on. If this is a team that you really rooted for, for your entire life, and I mean, you're saying, I hate the Rangers. I hate everything about the Rangers. But you can't even pronounce any last names. You're uh, having to do research about the team prior to a Game 7 in the conference final. And then you say you're going to forego Game 7 to watch the Hawks tonight? Don't act come like on, I wasn't dude. all over Brock. 
Nelson. <laughs> wait, wait, come on. You can't struggle with Nelson. Jordan Eberly. Come on, I'm all over this team. No, you can't Ken? just list names yes, at I me. Can. I mean, then when they want the veteran presence, they look for Andy Green to step up. Good old number four. <laughs> Says he's 38. Even when, and again, I am admittedly not like a huge hockey guy. I know the rules. I know how the game is played. But I, I'm just not someone who's going to sit down and watch a lot of regular season games. And this is I because I'm weird with no Doc Emmerich anymore. I used to just watch uh, NHL to hear him. And now that he's gone, it's been tough. But when the Blackhawks were in the midst of their dynasty, I at least was all over that team. Chelios, Ronick. No, not I can that, name that one. Team. No, no, not, not not that one, old man. Man, you went you went way back. Yeah, that's why Chelios, Savard, Belfort. No, not not yeah. that team. When you start John, saying Canadians, I started thinking about their team back in those no, days. Too. The the Taze and Kane and Sharp uh, and uh, and Crawford Blackhawks. The the that version. But man, you are you are the phoniest man. Well, like, I, I literally all, all the Islanders like, need is a, their goalie to have a great game. Today. Who is that goalie? The one that's starting out of Schneider, <laughs> Skarik, Sorokin, <laughs> and oh Varlamov. Varlamov. We know we all know big games. You go with old Varley. Coquel is game seven ready. And he knows nothing about the Islanders. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We open the show with, even if they're not your team, should you support teams in uh, your city or your oh, state or your conference? It could also be Applebee's because apparently that's Ken Appleby. Ken Appleby? A-P-P-L-E-B-Y. This is horrific. What do, you, what do you think that is? You're, you're going to get us to a point where we can never attempt to talk hockey ever again. I love hockey. I can talk <laughs> strategy and hockey. The traps, <laughs> trapping defense that the Devils run. Mm. I think that was like 96. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go back to Twitter. I, and all that matters is trots. In trots we trust. Barry Trots, the coach. <laughs> Brandon Alvarez tweets, Ever since the Raptors won the championship, their fan base and my buddies from Canada now swear that they're a fan base like the Celtics, the Heat, the Lakers, where they're first-class organizations and expected to win titles all the time. It's so annoying. Well, Raptors fans, once Kawhi Leonard left, like I get feeling yourself after a championship and you've got Drake on the sideline. Uh, but yeah, the, Rap- the, the, the Raptors have not reached uh, memorable NBA status. That is for sure. They're a fan base that I agree did get a little bit annoying. All of Canada is going to be annoying, though, if Montreal wins the Stanley Cup final because they're going to try and claim it as a, a, a full Canada prize. All the Islanders have to do is keep hitting like they have been all series. I mean, they've been putting people up against the boards. 730 to 580, they've out hit the Lightning. Come on, if they just keep playing physical, keep winning faceoffs at a 51.9% rate. <laughs> oh, LGI, let's go, Islanders. <laughs> I did the clap wrong. I was uh-huh. there. there it is. You can't get last names right. You can't even get the clap right. Uh, You're a mess. What if you eat up on Game 7? The 2021. I am nervous. Is Trey Young going to have a big game? I don't know. <laughs> no, you. John Collins. I mean, uh, Cardinal that's Not Zone. the Islanders. Uh. The 2021 RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, December 18th at FAU Stadium, 11 in the morning, 11 a.m. Some brunch and ball at the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. It is the premier college football event in Palm Beach County, right in our backyard. It was Zach Wilson and BYU turned number two overall pick to the Jets, who routed UCF in last year's RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. 
What's going to be in store for this year's edition? You're going to have to find out. It's going to be big regardless. 11 a.m. December 18th, RoofClaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl. Find out more at RoofClaim, BocaRatonBowl.com. That's RoofClaim, BocaRatonBowl.com. Paul George, what a bounce back last night, putting his missed free throws behind him. If it was me, it would stick with me for the rest of the series, and I would fail. And I came to that realization this morning. I can't let things go. We'll discuss it next. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Alive. Here's Ken Levick and Chris Coquel. Waiting for the exhale. Just a couple of Radio Life partners hanging out on a Friday. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Subscribe to the podcast, will you? It is our gift to you daily because we love you and we hold you close to our corazón. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Little bitty pieces in segment form or in full show form. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. Download it now. Download it now. Subscribe to it. Again, Apple Podcasts. Or I'll find you. Or wherever. We get you get your podcast, or we'll find you in the most loving way, of course, by kicking you in the knee. <laughs> EDS air conditioning, they love you dearly, and I'm telling you, you've got to have a plan. I know that I I beat it into your heads, but this is because, again, like seriously, it's danger time. If in this weather, this ah! summer, South Florida, you don't have air conditioning, especially if you have little kids like I do, especially if you have pets like I do. You got to have a plan, and EDS is my air conditioning plan. EDS is yes, edsairconditioning.com. You can trust them. They're family owned and operated. Ed Sasso, an authority in the business, residential and commercial needs, and they handle plumbing services as well AC and plumbing, service and maintenance, new system installs, indoor air quality, interior plumbing and water heaters, and maintenance plans. They know the area. They've been doing this in Palm Beach County for 15 years, and they set up their appointment windows around you, not the other way around, trying to make it convenient for you because you have a life to live, and you're the ones who are suffering in the heat with no air conditioning. Licensed and insured. They're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. That means that they are reliable and only deal with the best. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDSAirConditioning.com. 561-316-8799-561-316-8799. EDS is yes. EDSAirConditioning.com. Paul George, what a bounce back last night. And... Uh, Coquel and my Phoenix Suns with the broken-nosed Devin Booker. I'm kind of off the Suns bandwagon. Oh, what? You took one game and you're off the Suns now? <laughs> Chris Paul, what a jerk. CP3 comes back, but the Clippers do what they've done all postseason. They go down 0-2, and then they bounce back in massive fashion. They look good last night. Why didn't Booker take off the mask? Because uh, he has a broken nose. Does it, those things really protect you that much? Actually, that's a great question. I, I mean... I imagine they do. Since I guess if they're always wearing them, players always thinking them. Yeah, has to be. A I, I don't know how you and I would come to the revelation that would change <laughs> the uh, the treatment world. These things don't actually do anything, <laughs> even though it's been tried and true for decades. But Ken and Coquel said they don't work. So, uh, we've noticed something <laughs> that the entire medical industry must have missed. He just—he did not look like himself at all. He didn't look comfortable in his own skin. No, but it does. I feel like it does take a while to to adjust to your vision. You're constantly in your periphery. Have uh, the th- that mask. You see it. It's got to be a, a weird adjustment. I would think game four is going to be better for him than game three. He also looked very villainish in his mask. 
Yeah. Like some guys, they just look normal. He looked really creepy. He did. He, um, there was a little bit of a, a silence of the lambs to him. Yeah, right. That mask I was like, is he wearing a mask or he cut off someone else's yeah. face and put it well, on? Well, what didn't help is that his nose is still a little bit swollen. So it almost looked like they mashed it into the, into the <laughs> nose part of, uh, uh, of that mask. Uh, but Paul George last night bouncing back from the two critical missed free throws. But late he's been in playing game great. Two. Is it really a bounce back? Is it a bounce back? Because he's been play. He just continued but to play great. Here's why I think it's a bounce back. Okay, and I'm just going by me personally. If I, if me, did the equivalent of missing two free throws late in a game in a massive playoff game in a huge moment, I two days later probably still wouldn't have let it go. You're around me enough to know that if I think we have a bad show or if I screw something up, uh, it takes a while for me to. Get over it, right? Yeah, and, you never get over things. You just walk around like a mother bleeper. Uh, I, I exactly. That's extremely well said. Uh, but this goes for every walk of life, to me, uh, for me. Like if I had a bad call, play by play, or if I said something mean to one of my daughters, or I'm in a, a disagreement or a spat with my wife, like it takes. You need some some time to let things breathe. And for me, sometimes I hang on to things two, three. Four days. It's wildly unhealthy. I mean, it's really unhealthy. If I screw up something at work, I got to just hang on to it, hang on to it, hang on to it. I'm not sure that 48 hours removed from Paul George missing those free throws, if I've been able to do what he did, which was dominate that game and lead the Clippers to a win. Uh, I hang on to things, not necessarily grudges, but mistakes I make. Self-inflicted wounds I hang on to for quite a while. And I guess I'm wondering, too, uh, how about everybody else? How long do you hang on to mistakes that you've made? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Uh, can you flush it right away? Have a short memory as coaches in every sport uh, like to spout? Or is it like me where you hang on to something like three or four days? And um, if you are someone who has a short memory, I'll take any tips on how to let things go quicker. Because it is, I am an anxiety-ridden mess at all times, and it's not healthy. I get it. I understand it. But that's just me. It's how I am. And I'm open to changing it. Is your wife like your yin to your yang in that situation? Does she the opposite or is she the same as you? Oh, no. She, something happens and uh, it, it also takes a little bit for her or it takes a lot for her to actually like do the I'm sorry that's on me thing because a lot of times it's Wait, mostly on me. I know. Um, but what what sucks is that I will be dead set like that's on her, that's on her. She caused this, she did this. And then after I think about it, I'm like, you know what? I could have changed this. And then I'm the one who ends up apologizing for whatever the disagreement is. And that, that's how it goes. But I'm immediately uh, like, ah, I'm the victim. And then after I realize I've screwed up, like four days later, I'm still like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. And I can't let go of it. Yeah, I can let go pretty quick. Yeah? You I just can get just over move it? on. My wife is the opposite, though. That's why I was wondering. My wife's the opposite. She makes a mistake. She holds on to it for way too long. She made this one mistake six years ago, and she's still still getting her bad every day. Like, is that a is that like a, a how you were raised thing? I'm the mistake, by the way. <laughs> I, I I was gathering that. Right. I thought that that was inherent. I figured you'd throw the punchline out there for me and not leave it there awkwardly. No, I, thought, I thought that everybody uh, just uh. assumed that that punchline was going to be there. You uh. could take it if you wanted. Uh, but is that like a... I, I, I like to follow the rules. I'm very safe from that standpoint. So if I deviate from anything... 
then I immediately feel like, uh oh, I've wronged someone or altered a process. And then it sticks with me. Whereas I feel like you're, and I'm not saying this is bad, I actually envy it. You're okay, like pushing the envelope and sort of finding different ways to get what you what you want or at least an ultimate um, conclusion, what you're seeking. I'm not like that. I'm just sort of, okay, I'll go along with it. Yeah, but then this is this is why I kind of look at it, things in that aspect of it's not so much pushing the line. Like I know I'm a pretty safe person. I know where the line is, and I'll never cross it. But I will if you, if you establish the line is there, I'm going to get to that line because otherwise, if you just sit in the middle, you're just like everybody else. Yeah. You're not standing out in any way whatsoever. Yeah. The reason I was able to become a head football coach in South Florida, the Mecca of football at age 27 with two years of JV coaching is because I didn't just do what everybody else did. I ran my own JV program like it was a varsity program, and we treated everything like it was a varsity program, and I did things my way. It sets you out and stands you above and beyond what everybody else is doing. If you're the same as everyone then how, why are you special yeah. to your employers? Why do they think they want you instead of somebody else? Because they can just get another you for cheap unless you give them something that says, huh, why does everybody keep being drawn to this person? Um, from a mental standpoint, this is why I think football is such a difficult sport. Because if you screw up, say you miss a kick to lose a game, or you drop a touchdown pass, or you throw an interception, or you miss the tackle that leads to the go-ahead or game-winning score, you can't immediately just get back at it and try to atone. You've got, se- in most cases, seven days where you have to sit and stew on it. And that's got to be so mentally taxing. And that's why, for me, I take FAU losses very seriously. I've been around that program. I love that program. You have relationships with the players. You have personal relationships with the coaches. And when they fail, I fail. Feel it, even though I'm just calling the games. I'm up in a broadcast booth. But then I'll talk with Willie Taggart, and it'll be a Tuesday. We're doing a coach's show, and he's like, hey, short memories, we're on to next week. And I'm sitting there, oh, my God, I haven't slept in three days because all I keep going over is the final two and a half minutes of a game I wasn't even playing in. But why? How do you do that? But why? What's going to change by you being stressed out? But it, it's, it's the what ifs. Like, I suppose I live in what ifs. That's why baseball's great. That's why basketball's great because in baseball, chances are the next day, maybe even the next afternoon, you get a chance to atone. Basketball, maybe the next night or two nights from then, you get to atone for that. But football, you have to sit and soak in your failure for seven days. Not really. It gives you seven days to learn from that opportunity that you had and and didn't do right. Now you have a new opportunity to learn from it and get seven days to improve it. Figure out what you did wrong, get in the film, and say, hey, this is why we lost. What can we do to be better now? It is a, it's an opportunity. I mean, it is astounding. Without failure, you're not going to get better. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear <laughs> how little uh, competitive sports or uh, how, how low the level was of competitive sports I actually played because I am so mentally fragile that, <laughs> I mean, there is no... <laughs> Maybe I've just failed too many times. It doesn't bother me, but... For real though, like, but is that that is part of the learning process? You're not you're gonna right. you're not gonna get better. You're not gonna improve your program, your players. They're not gonna get better unless they have these failures. Because I guarantee, if that same thing fell the other way, but they were sloppy in it, and they just got away with it, come when that situation happens again, they're gonna be even worse. Because in their minds, hey, when we play sloppy, we're fine. Yeah. So now it's hey, here's the teaching tool. You didn't do what you were supposed to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday last week. You were sloppy all week. It caught up to you on Friday or Saturday, depending on when you play. 
Whereas opposed, if you win and get away with it, they're going to think, oh, we could just be sloppy sure. again. I just, I, I, I can't wait for FAU football season to get back going, but I also dread it because I know there are going to be those weeks where me personally, though, if, if there are losses, especially tight losses, and that used to be uh, a trademark of FAU football, losing games that they had won before Lane Kiffin showed up and the, the culture and the, the success of the program changed. But if there are those games that are close losses, I know I'm going to lose sleep over it and I, Man, it's tough to know that's coming, but that's what's so impressive about someone like Paul George and elite athletes is that Paul George, I mean, that was brutal, missing two free throws in a game that they could have won, and then the Clippers not executing correctly on an improbable inbound to lose that game, and then he comes back, and the team as a collective comes back, and they really were in no threat last night against the Suns. That's just really impressive mental stuff right there. I try to tell athletes that I've coached before, you know, the, those nervous moments that everybody's like uptight, like you're thinking on the foul mm-hmm. line. Why are you nervous? If you miss those shots, the sun is still going to come up tomorrow. Nothing bad is going to happen except for you lose, right? Yeah. But if you have the opportunity to win the game for your team, you have that joy and elation and you have that feeling of greatness that took upon you. But the bad isn't really bad unless you make it bad in your mind. As long as you did your best and tried your hardest and went out there and did everything you needed to. All right, it didn't fall your way. No big deal. It should be an excitement, not a nerves, not a nervous situation. How long does it take you to let things go? Any walk of life. How long does it take you to let things go? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. What's coming up this weekend? Well, good news. We've got a list for you with some Stormhouse Brewing. What's on tap when we return? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica live on ESPN 1063. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Hey, if you're in the market for a new automobile, why are you waiting? Why, 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 why? You got the weekend coming up. Get yourself taken care of. And if you want a great quality automobile and you want something that is not going to break your wallet and also the dealership's going to work with you to make sure you're comfortable across the board with the vehicle and with the financial situation because not every dealership does this. That's where Greenway Kia West Palm Beach comes in. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, that's where I got my Kia K5 GT that you know by now. I love it dearly. Uh, if you could hug a car and if you could cuddle a car, I would do it except it's uh, you know, it's 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 heavy. It's 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 very heavy. Uh, so I can't necessarily wrap my arms around it, but I love that Kia K5 GT and you're going to love Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. One, everyone there wants to help you find the right situation for yourself. Oh, but my credit's bad. Up, oh, doesn't matter. Credit Clinic, they've got bank representatives on site and they are looking to help you, not tell you how poor your credit is. Like we get it. You can talk to them and you guys can figure out a plan. That's what's great about Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to say, "Uh, we just can't make this work." No, they're going to do what they have to do to make it work at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Be like me, get your automobile from Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, right by PBI Military in West Palm Beach. Don't forget the trade-in, drive-out, trade-up to a Kia sales event going on now at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Bring your trade-in, even if you owe four, six, even $8,000 on it. They're going to make a deal. 
pay off 100% of the balance on your trade. Your trade's never been worth more right now than it is at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Or again, pop in Military Trail right by PBI in West Palm Beach. What's on tap is brought to you by Stormhouse Brewing. All right. Stormhouse Brewing is a South Florida-inspired brew pub focusing on great beers, tasty food, and creating a unique atmosphere for all to enjoy. Are you done, Deep Voice? <laughs> Sorry, Ken. <laughs> Your impression of the Deep Voice, that was impressively poor. That was really... You know who's not going to be poor? Varlamov in net for the Islanders. Are you still going <laughs> to oh. name... So you've actually figured out who the starting goaltender is for the Islanders. Oh, I've been a big fan of Varley. <laughs> you are a terrible phony fan. Speaking of, what's on tap? Brought to you by Stormhouse Brewing, Islanders and Lightning. Game 7 tonight, 8 o'clock on NBC Sports Network. And I think, Coquel, that the best way to catch a Game 7, the best way to catch a Game 7 in the NHL, is by watching it on one of the huge flat-screen TVs at Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach. Solves all the problems. I want to watch my Islanders, right? But I'm so into John Collins, Trey Young, and the Hawks. I'll just watch both at Stormhouse. Good call. And that will help you unphony yourself because, well, at home you would choose the Hawks over the Islanders. You can watch them both. You're right. At Stormhouse Brewing. North Palm Beach, just south of PGA Boulevard, about a half mile south of PGA Boulevard on US 1 in the beautiful Crystal Cove Commons. You can't miss it. It is a huge craft brewery. And it also has a full gastropub menu. So many craft breweries you go to where you drink, and you're like, hey, this is good. Uh, I'm hungry. What do you have on the menu? And they say, well, what menu? You've got to go across the street or uh, you've got to order Uber Eats. No, not here. They've got their full service kitchen. They've got their full menu. And with their craft beer, it makes it for a one-of-a-kind craft brewery experience. Stormhouse Brewing. That's my uh, uh, craft brewery of choice. It'll be yours, too. Again, it is beautiful. Indoor, outdoor seating, any sport. You say, I want to watch cricket. I want to watch lacrosse. They're going to find it for you. They've got the Euros on today and through the weekend. Big soccer bar. Stormhouse Brewing, a half mile south of PGA Boulevard, US 1 in North Palm Beach. That's Stormhouse Brewing. Coquel, our time is coming to an end, my All right, who you got? In what? The games. What games? Man, were you not part of the show? Hockey? Yes. Uh, it would be kind of cool to see the Islanders and uh, the Canadians. Playing for the championship. My wife, Jamaica to Canada here, mm-hmm. she roots for all the Canadian teams. So that'll cause some problems in my house, but also some fun. So she's one of the sports fans that I railed against. I have to ask her who she's rooting for, and she's going to say anyone but the teams you like, because that seems to be the way it goes. i got to say, <laughs> your wife is a little intimidating, and I hope she didn't hear my characterization of fans like her today. Oh, I make fun of Canadians all the time, so you're good. <laughs> Man, I wonder what it's like to be your spouse. It's one thing to be your pro spouse. Your living, like, actual spouse, I have to imagine that's very difficult. What? <laughs> Hawks game, we got. Come on, Kenny! Trey Young, baby, let's go. 2-0. For Coquel, I'm Ken Levicka. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Stay dry, please. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Goodbye. Let's go, Varlamov! <laughs>